0: I'm going to. How old are you 54 all right i'm 45 um at what age did you know that your rap card was expired like you you just you're too old for this you out of touch
1: man i i still uh i saw this dude rapping on uh, some show on, online on something that he did and i was like i i could do that i could do better than that Right, So I don't know that it's expired.
0: So you still believe you did there's some life in them legs? Yeah. Right. Um, I, I knew my hip-hop card was over probably about, you know, three, and I, I don't want to admit it, but but admittedly so, three, four years ago. Uh, and I'm going to reiterate what a comedian I saw on TV said. The fact that I don't know who all these young dudes are um, lets me know I'm just, my time has passed. But if I thought there was some life left, this is what solidified it for me, that I'm done. Um, now, usually when we talk about rap, we talk about the dudes. And it's, it's a male-dominated sport. But when you talk about some of the females in hip-hop that have been legends, lyrical content, Spitting ability, substance.
1: Queen Latifah, you got MC
0: Light. Queen Latifah, MC Light. Um, I don't know from a from a. To me, they felt more bubblegumish, but nonetheless, they were pioneers because they were the first female group to really kill it. I know you had Stetson, uh, What was that? Stetsasonic, Super Stetsasonic, JJ Fad. But before they, I mean, they was in it, but who really took it to that next level? With salt and pepper. Okay, so you got salt and pepper. You got Queen Latifah. You got MC Light. And remember, back in the eighties, nineties, everybody was pretty much saying something. Um, I just found out what whack meant. <laughs> Did you know what it meant? Yeah. Okay, I just found out what whack meant, and. I Googled the lyrics, and here's what I would like to do. First of all, to all the men listening to this, if you don't know the lyrics, and I'm not assuming you would, because at the end of the day, if you're a Cardi B fan, you're a Cardi B fan. So regardless if you're a dude or woman, if you're a fan, you're a fan. But I always feel like, whether you're a male rapper or a female rapper, most of your audience is gonna be what you are. So for the couple dudes that might listen to Cardi B or really know these lyrics. Let me just tell you, uh, after I, and I'm not going to say the whole thing. I'm going to just do snippets, but the way it reads, it all flows together. Hug your daughters, man. (laughs) Hug your daughters, really, to all the fathers listening. Take time and and hug your daughter. I don't give a fuck if your daughter is 45 and you've never had a relationship with her, start. Do tea parties, dress up, wear the tiara, put on a gown, take her to fucking uh, petting zoos, roller coasters, merry go right? Do what you gotta do before it's too late. I read these lyrics, singer, and I wanted to take a shower in a priest's uniform with a Bible in one hand and a Jesus peace cross with rosary beads in the other. And after I read these lyrics as me, to have a little fun, and you tell me what you think, i want to read them as three different people. Definitely Schwarzenegger. Definitely Morgan Freeman. And I'm not sure if I should either do it as Obama or as Red Butler. Which do you think? Let let me read him first as me, and then you can tell me what you think. Okay, Okay, here we go. The lyrics to "Wap wet-ass pussy. You fucking with some wet-ass pussy. Fitting the fucking in the mouth for this wet-ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet-ass pussy. I want you to park that Big Mac truck right in this little garage, make it cream, make me scream, out of public, make a scene. I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you, I got this ready. Gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me, quick jump out before you let you get inside of me. Now get your boats, hang your coat, fuck the sweat ass pussy, he bought a phone, just for pitches, but it's wet-ass pussy. I don't scream. I don't choke. I want you to touch that little dingly thing that's swinging the back of my throat. My head game is fire. Punani Dasani. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I have never felt more like a suburban middle-aged white woman who drives a minivan and takes the kids to soccer practice that's outrageous man.
1: the first time I, I wondered, go, ahead, go okay. ahead no no the, well the first time I heard it I was I was sad because I was like if she, if she got a hold of me the disappointment would be unbelievable like I, I, listen, I, I ain't bringing listen, any of that
0: listen I'm not bringing any of that. <laughs> She, she, she says later in other lyrics where she specifically describes the type of... And let me say it because it is what it is. The type of nuckle she looking for. She don't want no African American. She don't want a Negro. She don't want a colored man. She don't even want a nigger. She wants a knuckle. That's another level, dog. like If this was a video game... And you had to fight the boss before the boss. The niggas the boss. The knuckle is the boss. She talks about. She, she talks about menthol smoking, Hennessy drinking, dirty fingernails, rings on each finger. The, the, the type, the, these are the type of niggas I don't hang with. Well, these you niggas know, scare me.
1: Well, you know the end. The 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 outro is there's some hoes in this house. That's the outro yes. over and over. That's the intro. too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so on the outro though, when you're listening to it, there's some hoes in this. She explained the whole story, and then she gives it to you like there's hoes hoes in these houses. So yeah, it's not a house that I'm visiting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nigga, I would pay serious cash, to see her perform that song in a Sunday service. (laughs) In all its Cardi B splendor, nigga. The comedy alone from the faces. As you cut to them faces. All them black, all women in there with them crowns on. With them big-ass hats. Oh, my God. I I, something tells me, the pastor... Would be part, dear lord, part, digging his hand, dear lord.
1: <laughs> but I think she knows her audience. Cardi B knows her audience. The days of Queen Latifah,
0: Salt and Pepper, MC Light are gone. Fucking rest in peace.
1: You know, uh, you know. To, to be honest, though, just to be honest. The other side of that is she's rapping like a dude would rap, but about female shit. I get it. I get it. You can't be mad. Listen, Lil' Kim,
0: you know, I used to throw lips to the shit and handle it like a real bitch. But something about Cardi B, man, it just seems like another level of straight, Debauchery,
1: nigga. Well, when you said "little Kim," and, and this is this is, and, and it's me getting old, it may be who I am, but Kim sounded like your girl. You know, like I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do this for you. You know what? You're right. You're
0: right. Cardi B sounds like you just walked past the alley, and she went. Let me out at you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she just—you you <laughs> wasn't intending to go in the alley. You didn't even see the alley, but as you walk past it, enemy you. I sucked your dick. That's what that is. And and there are dudes who will go, oh my god, but then you're dudes who will go, oh my god, what you? I'm saying with, with the price.
1: <laughs> well, listen, I'm not trying to ruin. You know, this these are all known stories. Cardi B talked about how you know she used to fuck dudes. And then when they were out, take their wallet, take some change out of the wallet, take some cards, whatever she needed. This is Cardi B. This is who she is. This might be sexist thinking, but at some point,
0: now that she got a daughter, you know, mom, you don't change. Like, no, nah, because I could hear women going, you wouldn't ask the dudes to change up. So watch should change."
1: Well, okay. But here's the, here's, I agree with what you just said in both of those things, which you and, and you started to go down one road and then you turn back and go you wouldn't ask dudes to change it up, but what do you think when you when you send your kids out on the street to go to school to walk home to do are you are you looking out for women fucking with your kids or are you looking out for men fucking with your kids? this is like almost like. Now you get now, now both both sexes are, are 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 you have to pay attention to both. You know, you you were already paying attention to dudes. You were like who's this motherfucker? Who's this dude? You know, right. you you had you, you didn't have blinders on to uh, to women. Now you got to take your blinders off because women are there to get theirs. Just like men. So uh, I, this is not this is not a negative or positive. This is just facts. Right. Okay, so now um, now
0: let me now let me do, what do you think, Red Butler or uh, Barack?
1: Dude, dude, I'll tell you who I'd love you to do it as, because I think it would be the funniest, but I don't think that you'd want to do it for that long. Dude, if you could do that over-the-top Mike Tyson that you do, singing these lyrics. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, the struggle to me. It, it, it would slow it up too much. Okay,
1: yeah, I know, I know, like, I, I know. That's not. I know, I know. Tyson isn't your favorite because it's it's a cartoonish. Yeah, it's a cartoonish. Yeah, play on him. yeah, yeah. Yo, dude, that's just fire, man. You should save that for the outro.
0: You know what? That's a good idea. I'll do that. So, listen, folks. You've heard me say everything we've said just now about WAP and what it means, and our generation of female hip hop and our opinions. But yes, I like that. That's a great suggestion from Andy. So here's what we'll do. We'll go ahead and get into the rest of what we're going to talk about. And then as a treat towards the end of the podcast, you will hear my rendition of uh, Barack Obama, Morgan Freeman, and Arnold Schwarzenegger reciting the lyrics to Cardi B's "WAP." Stay tuned, boys and girls. There's a treat at the end. (laughs) Let's get into the meat. All right, man. First things first, listen, we, we, we said most of what we're going to talk about on this podcast is uh, the movies Andy and I gave each other to watch as homework assignments. He told me to watch Middlemen and Almost Famous, and I told him to watch Action Jackson and Passenger 57. Yep. So that is the meat of what we're talking about. Before we get into that, I have to take this opportunity to discuss this with you because I have a certified Jew on the line, so I want to go over what Dr. Dre's wife claims she needs two million a month for. And with your Jew brain, I need you to do some calculations and tell me that this bitch is just as been as crazy as we thought she is.
1: Uh, I have the breakdown. Yeah, yeah, go ahead with that breakdown. All
0: right, so here we go. Do- and, we've, and, and, you know, we've been following this story. You've heard me and Andy talk about this, about Dr. Dre's wife wanting half of his billion-dollar fortune, which was the original news. Then the second part to that was, even though Dr. Dre had a uh, prenup in place, she was going to fight that. Then the third part to this was, she wanted $2 million, She was specific now. $2 million a month in support. And now the fourth part to this is her breakdown of what validates $2 million a month. Not a year, a month. So here we go. Laundry and cleaning, $10,000 a month. Clothes, $135,000 a month. Telephone, cell phone, email, $20,000 a month. Education, tuition, and living expenses, $60,000 a month. Entertainment, 900000 a month. Charitable contributions, $125,000 a month. And mortgage, $100 a month. Uh, along with that, Nicole Young claims Dr. Dre had a history of violence and coercive control, before, both before and during the marriage. Young claims that she was in fear in a particular instance where Dr. Dre texted her, why are you ignoring me? Why are you ignoring me? Should I come see you? <laughs> As of now, Nicole Young is also asking for Dr. Dre to cover her attorney's fees.
1: Where do you want to start? Uh, well, the practical part. Uh, I'm just going to start practical. Uh, twenty thousand dollars a month for her cell phone bill because of Texas. Who the
0: fuck is she talking to? Well, yeah, does
1: do she have security on the phone? on top of security, on top of security layers. so people can't get to her emails because I, I'm, I'm, I'm on T-Mobile, man. I'm a, i am i am i am on t mobile man i am I think mine's, I, I think I got three phone lines for uh, 120 bucks or something like that.
0: Dude, unless you are absurdly, absurdly using your phone, which I still can't see 20,000. Who the fuck wants to talk to you for $20,000 a month long? You you have to be overseas with that, and unless you spent a significant amount of time overseas, what could possibly run your bill up to twenty thousand dollars a month?
1: Uh nothing. That's the one that that's the one that stood out to me at first. I was like, man, uh, she she should get a better plan. That's the first thing that, that I, I thought when you were reading that. The other thing though that I said before we even get into the money part, she said that he Dr. Dre. Uh, was uh, a violent and uh and uh, controlling behavior before and during the marriage well before then I'm not you know listen I'm not saying that w- that that should take away her right to anything but if she knew who he was when she married him did she think it was going to change when she got, well, married? Well, no, you,
0: but you got, no, you got to remember. In the beginning, it's always roses, candy, flowers. But she said, bliss.
1: but she said, in the beginning, he was also, uh, he was that way already. He was, he, he was. We have to be able to
0: call bullshit, and you know, and you know, some of these numbers for some of what she's
1: saying, the numbers are associated with. Yeah. It's just bullshit. Yeah, it's I, blown up bullshit. I got that, but I just don't understand if she knew what she was getting into and she signed a prenup, I don't understand how uh this is in California, right? The, yes. the, yeah, that's the problem, first of all, that it's in California, because California is the worst place to get a divorce. Um but I don't understand how she gets to break that because she just admitted to one of her reasons that she wants to be out of the marriage is something that she knew going into the marriage. How do you this, break this a prenup? the prenup?
0: right it, it, listen lawyers with their sp- sp- spicy snakish ways anything can be done between lawyers and this being america anything can be
1: accomplished the okay. whole
0: thing is this
1: no but- oh, the 135,000 for clothing was it 135,000 what you said
0: uh ba- 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 ba. clothes 135,000 a
1: month and then 10,000 to get in clean Right. So she has $125,000 just in being able to get dressed every month.
0: Listen, I know this is easier said than done because, listen, from the outside looking in, we just see that exorbitant amount of money and think, what the fuck? But the truth is, once you get in love, once you develop a relationship, once you have a history, once you have children – shit that you would put up with from, from our position, we go, why would you even put up with that? But that's real life. You know, it's like, it's like listen, I could see a hundred women that I could go, man, she way finer than my woman. The way my woman looks, she damn near, you know, this year's old and body ain't really all that. And most dudes would look at me and go, nigga, why are you with that? Well, there's a history. We've been through struggles. She's had my back. You know, uh, we got kids. There's a real love there. So what the outside person sees is not what we see. So for me, I, I, my point in saying all this is because I'm gonna make my point. But I'm just going. I'm also looking at it from the other person's shoes and from a real, from a realistic standpoint. Where you just go at the end of the day, what makes most sense to the average person? What's the most logical to every to, to regular Joes? should be logical to me, but it ain't because there's more to it than that. Because I'm going, nigga, you're worth a billion dollars. There's no reason your call should ever be ignored. Now, I could hear some women going, you know, just because you got money don't mean you should have power or control. No. But yeah, it's a billion dollars. It ain't like she could just go, well, fuck this billionaire, I'll get another one. right? If you man work a regular nine to five and he's just a regular joke, you can say fuck him and get another one. Like him. You can't just say fuck a billion dollars and I'm going to go get another one. Unless your pussy is whacking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was a long way around for a callback. I'm going to tell you. Man, dude.
0: <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm worth a billion dollars. I got mansions, helicopters, private jet why is my call being ignored
1: dude but see that that is the that's beside the point to me because if you're in a relationship and it's going south i could see why you, you i could see that happen i'm still uh, maybe it's me i'm stuck on the money One hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. i i'm going to tell you a story real quick i do know a, a billionaire or two to be for real um like no no like
0: you, you can call this motherfucker up and say i'm coming over for the ball some
1: Muslim? No. Like I know him. Uh, I know his son real well. Uh, I've hung out with him before. Cool dude. Still young for a billionaire.
0: I, I, uh, I, I, I have the world's most worthless Jew.
1: <laughs> this dude's I know, ahead, ahead, And he's not Jewish. Ahead, man. He's not Jewish, man. He, he's, he's Hispanic. He's Mexican. No, I'm not talking about him No, you know no, but I'm just saying You're this Jewish. isn't even a this, this this billionaire that I know isn't even a Jewish dude. He's a Mexican dude. I was you don't have to be. That's what I'm saying. You're a Jew, nigga? Yeah. What the angle? Uh anyway, um so his uh when I was working at Saks Fifth Avenue, I used to work at Saks Fifth Avenue a long time ago. And uh, his wife came in, nicest lady, and uh, she needed a dress for the big a big gala that was happening in Phoenix. Uh, and there's only so many galas that happen in Phoenix, like big, big ones, you know, That and he was, they're a big deal. I don't know if she's on the board or something, but it's a big one. And she came in and she looked at some dresses and I showed her some dresses, uh, some re- designer dresses. And, uh, she, she had it narrowed down to one that was like 5,000 and one that was 6,000 and one that was like, uh. I I, probably another six or 5,000 and and she liked him and she said, you know what? She goes, I just, I don't want to spend that kind of money. This is billionaires. These are billionaires. I don't know what kind of, I don't, I don't know if I want to spend that kind of. And so she, she came back in the next day and she said, Andy, she goes, I really appreciate the time you took with me. Um, but that's just so much money for a dress. And I wore a dress to a, to a ball, to a, a gala. I think it was either in LA or in another city. And she said, uh, I'm just going to wear that to this gala, and we're going to donate $5,000 to the charity. That's a lot different than someone who thinks that they need. And we're talking billion. They're, they're, he, he was a, he was in the single-digit billions. Dre's in the single-digit billions. We're talking about a wife versus a wife. She, she didn't go out and spend $135,000 a month for clothes. She donated the money and just wore the other dress, so it's not like you have to be buying these kind of things. I don't care if you're in the limelight. yeah, you might get photographed wearing the same thing twice and i don't I don't know. I just don't see how you can justify I don't see how as a human being, you could even put that out into the universe that I need hundred and thirty five thousand dollars a month just for some new clothes. you know at some point I go.
0: Don't the the judge ask for receipts? Can't the judge go, hey, this sounds nuts. And I understand it's one thing to go, I need this much money to survive. And here is the logical, it makes sense, backed up data reason. But just to go, I'm going to throw a number out there, 135 grand for clothes. At no point does the ref step in and go, the ref. It should be. But the judge go, eh, wait a minute. Show me some receipts. Let me see that you made $20,000 worth of phone calls. Where, let me see who you're making these calls to. Let's see if we can chop this down and go, that's unnecessary. That's unnecessary. Don't need to do that. Like, come on, man. At what point does, does a judge
1: step in as a means to protect the guy? Because he's ballooned out numbers Oh, ridiculous. I, I, but I think it's almost embarrassing that if she wants to even own up to these numbers, it's embarrassing. I mean, you can't. Shit. It, 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 she, she's living that life. She don't give a fuck. But as a human, I, I just can't see that you throw that kind of. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I believe when you make a certain amount of money,
0: you're no longer human. No,
1: nah, because I know people that make that money and still treat it a different way. I, I I hear you, but, but you know what I'm going for. I, I hear you. Yeah, but in, in, in this, uh, I don't know. I it's a lot for me to 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 think about. Man, I would like to. I I would just like to have enough money that you know how much. This is how much money I'd like to have. That if I saw something I want it, I didn't have to get it because I knew if I wanted it tomorrow, I'd still have the money. I'm in that case where like if I want something, I have to save my money, go get it, and then have it. And then maybe six months from now, it's not that important to me. But I'm not in that position. Like I'm, I want to have that money where you know that you can buy it anytime, so you don't have to buy it. That that's the kind of money I'd like to have.
0: I know them niggas kicked you out the synagogue. They <laughs> have had to get you out the synagogue, nigga. Who is this man? Um, let's let's let's. Okay, education. Sixty thousand a month.
1: She should just get an accountant. She needs to go to accounting school because she's spending too much money. I'm questioning
0: her education if she's buying hundred thirty five thousand dollars worth of clothes.
1: Okay, but you know what? I just thought about this though. You say we we keep saying clothes. She says she needs one hundred thirty five thousand dollars. She say wardrobe or what does it say? Wardrobe. It says clothes. Clothes. Okay, because I was thinking, no, if you're if you're Dre's wife, I mean, maybe he comes home once a year with a million dollar. Worth of jewel, you know, gold jewelry for her. So that's like a, that's almost a hundred thousand dollars a month right there. That could go into that. How, how is your clothing bill more than your house? Ah, she got her, she got her mortgage beat by thirty five grand. See that that's that's incredible. Because she's only renting, not buying. <laughs> could you? Dude. Entertainment, nine hundred thousand a month. Who is performing at this bitch's house once a month? Kevin Hart, dude. Wait, go back to the. That's a million two a year for the for where she lives. Do, you, where are you? Even in LA, you could get a nice you could get a nice house for four million dollars, can't you?
0: Yeah. LA, I don't know if it's considered nice. What do you Not need? What do you need? Six? You, you need at least uh, you know, what, how many digits? Six, six, seven, you need at least eight. You need eight, eight. digits. Really? You got at least even at ten mil. No. It's cool. It I'm, I'm just saying in perspective, I get you. 10 million somewhere else, you 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 you're doing it. Ten million. I've seen some of the houses in LA for ten million. They're nice. They're cute. It's that. Oh, that's cute.
1: <laughs> where you're in cute stage? Where is she from? Where's uh, Dre, uh, Dre? What I, I forgot her name even. What it's, it's after <laughs> Satan, she, nigga. after this divorce. It's not important. What is? Uh, wh- Where's she from? I think she's from LA. Okay, so she's staying in her same. She's she's playing in her field though.
0: No, but her field pride, Dre wasn't that.
1: Her feel changed
0: when, when when Dre was the ball club. All right, I'm saying that's what I'm saying, dude. Like I, you've heard me say this a million times. I'm convinced, even though I don't know for certain, I'm convinced that when you just reach that upper echelon of ridiculousness, something happens to you. I, I can't explain it. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know it to be fact. My my spidey sense tells me. Something happens. There's a click over, a changeover, where your belief system changes and you don't see yourself as ordinary because you're not living ordinary. You're not doing ordinary shit. Everything
1: you're doing is mind blowing. Yeah, but it, it's fake because it's nothing that has to happen. I mean, I just I, I can't. Listen, I, if I made a billion dollars tomorrow accidentally, it'd have to be an accident. I, I can't change like that. I, I, I mean, I know that people are going to say, "Yeah, you change." Yeah, I'd I probably want a, a house, a different kind of house. I want. I, I don't like driving, so I'm not going to get any kind of weird expensive car. Not, not like a Bugatti or something like that. But you know, I'd get a, I'd get a nice car. Uh, i I'd, I'd get my. My, my people close to me a house, maybe, maybe like a normal house, like, you know, a normal house in a normal city, not LA city. I, right. I don't see, I don't, I just don't, I I can't comprehend losing yourself because of money. Right. I know you want to though. You want, you would like to have the, the boat, the yacht with the, uh, with, with the pool on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you only get one one go around this motherfucker, uh, I'd like to do it. You know, yeah, a little yeah, big. But but how many times are you can take your yacht out with the pool in it?
0: You know, uh, when, when, when when you feel like it. You know, that's 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 what it's all about. That kind of freedom, that
1: financial freedom. I just don't, I I just, to me, that seems like bigger hassle than it is. Like, I could see renting it and saying, hey, on this date, on this time, I'm going to take this boat out. I'm going to spend $100,000, take the boat out for this, this out for a week, but I ain't spending. Yeah,
0: you still, you, yeah, you, you still thinking like a, like a man who's not in the 50% tax bracket, but I'm not, but once you, but once you get there and you stay
1: there for a while, you, you, you change, man. Nah. No, I, not everybody does, and I'm not going. Like, if I even come close, even if I made some money, I just can't do that. It's it's not in me. It's not. I feel. I feel. I, I almost feel, feel weird. I almost feel dirty. Like there's people struggling, and you're gonna go and say, "I need one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars a month for clothes," and feel good about yourself saying it. Well, that's when you get your royal penis washed
0: <laughs> and, and 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 the tub with. To naked bitches pop up out the water behind you and tell you the royal penis is clean, your highness. Yeah, I was.
1: I know what that's from, but I was just thinking about, uh, like, you know, if you get like a pedicure, they do the salt, the salt rub. Yeah, I could just see them like this. I'm gonna salt your nuts, sir. (laughs) I'm gonna exfoliate your fucking your sack. And if you've never had that done, (laughs) give it a shot.
0: <laughs> I was. I saw. I saw Fifty Cent do something that was so ignorant, and you wanted to hate him for it because it was so arrogant. But you also envied it because you went, "Damn, he, damn, he he, he could do that." He said, "This how rich guys wash their cars." Yeah, and he and he washed his Lamborghini with champagne. Yeah,
1: I saw that. But yeah. But you don't. That that's a great for a video for some social media shit. Please be a funny. Yeah. Be a funny. But you ain't. The du- point though. Yeah. yeah. It's the point. He dude, can. Dude, I think that I know. I'll make. I have made it financially when I buy the organic vegetable for a dollar more than the uh, non-organic than the regular shit with I chemicals. I swear
0: to God, you you are the most confusing. Jew I have ever met. It's like the, it's you're like Doctor Jew and Mister and, and Jekyll, Doctor Jew and Mister Hyde, Mister Jaime. What do you call Jaime's Jaime Hyme Town? Yeah, Jaime Town. Them, Jesse Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Jew and Mister Jaime. Like <laughs> there are times when you show your Jewiness, and there are times when you don't. It comes
1: and Yeah. The neurotic side of me shows it, but like my my. I'm finding, I don't know. I just, I just went through a lot in life. I changed, I changed, you know what? I'm going to be real honest and say it this way. When I had a reasonable amount of money coming in monthly and mm. I was young and I was dumb and I was, had, had a lot of cash, like I already went through that and it didn't, it didn't make me better. It made me worse. So I, I like, right. I like this. I don't, I don't need, i like like, I don't need that. I wish more people would strive to be better people instead of richer people.
0: I hear you in theory, but, but, but dude, I, financial freedom is just,
1: I, I, I don't think it's just so, it's so valuable. It, but, it's just so valuable. But what happens is though, when you talk about financial freedom, you can trap yourself when you have financial freedom and you spend your money on acquiring things. Because if you buy things that don't pay for themselves, you have to pay for them. And now you have to make that much money every month just to be able to pay your bills. And that isn't financial freedom. Financial freedom is when you have more coming in than you have going out. That's financial freedom. So you have to, it's about levels. If you only make X amount of dollars, you have to make sure that, less than more than that is coming back in. So that that's where your financial freedom and the longer you do that, the further up that ladder, you can go where you can buy, you can get more because you are, you, you have brought more in financial freedom. Isn't about having a lot of money. It's about having a lot of income and not a lot of uh, expenses. That's what that's financial freedom.
0: You, you just spoke to every black athlete and rapper on the planet. Um, I want to read something and I'm so glad I, 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 I found it just now because I didn't think I would But I, and I actually meant to screenshot it so that I could read it uh, but again like I said I, I, uh, I thought I wouldn't be able to find it but it came right here on Facebook this is the realest shit and I, it's not like I've never said this because I've said it in my stand up but this is the realest shit I ever read this, 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 and this is from a woman um, an author of a book called Men on Strike And she goes, why men don't marry? Because there's nothing in it for them. What exactly does marriage offer men today? Men know there's a good chance they'll lose their friends, their respect, their space, their sex life, their money. And if all goes wrong, their family. Says Helen Smith, Ph.D., author of Men on Strike. They don't want to enter into a legal contract with someone who could effectively take half their savings pension, and property when the honeymoon period is over. Men aren't whipping out by staying unmarried or being commitment foes. They're being smart. Unlike women, men lose all power after they say, I do. Their masculinity dies, too. Now, for a woman to recognize that, what else needs to be
1: said? Yeah, well, because the system, you know, when we say women want to be treated equally, they do in every aspect except for marriage. Because if you want to be treated equally, you wouldn't do that to, the, to uh, another person when you ended a marriage. People do, w- Women do this. Out, I think women do this out of bitterness. And the only reason men, and I'm, I have something that I want to read here too. The only reason men don't do it is I think it, it, it feels like they are devaluating themselves if they try to take from women, like, like women take from men.
0: That's what I'm saying. 135000 a month of clothes is bitterness. $20,000 a month on a cell phone bill is bitterness. $900,000. All these blown out of proportion figures, that's bitterness. Why can't a judge recognize that? Why would a judge go, come on, man. Come on.
1: This is anger. This is revenge. This is, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Okay, uh, you want you want my I, I have this. I pulled up the some of the most expensive divorces. I'm just going to do a few because there's a lot of them. There was like 30 of them on this or 40. But right. uh, this is an old one, and this is this is even back then. Uh, Ty, Mike Tyson and Robin Gibbons. Uh, it was uh, 10 million dollars for that uh, Pepsi Cola wedding that they had. W- weren't they doing Pepsi commercials? Yeah, they probably. I think so. So yeah, she just got 10 mil, just $10 mil. But that was that was. Uh, quite a while ago, but uh, most of these are pretty reasonable. Like a lot of the expensive ones, when they say expensive, like Jennifer Lopez and, and Chris Judd was 14 million. He got 14 million from her. That, okay. That's uh, that, that was a pretty decent settlement. Uh, Lam, sorry, Lance, I'm not going to do that one. Uh, this one, uh, Jeff Gordon and Brooke Seeley, 15 million. Uh, let's see. This one was good. Michael Strahan. And uh, Jeannie muggle is that how you say? It? I don't even know how to say. Fifteen point three million, uh, and they were only married seven years. That's that's two million a year. That's 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 these are these are. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that these are reasonable numbers. Matt Lauer and Arquette rogue twenty million, and she was a she was a supermodel, and he got he got that too. So twenty million is a deal. Donald Trump only paid twenty million to uh, Ivanka Trump. Let me get. Oh, Lionel Richie had a good one. Uh, it was only twenty. Okay, let me get let me get past these twenties. I want to get in now. I'm going to get into uh, Hulk Hogan and Linda, uh, thirty million. Okay, Phil Collins and I can't say his wife's name. It was like his fourth marriage, and he paid forty seven million to her. But the one the reason I bring this one up is while he was getting married to her, and he paid forty seven, he while he was marrying this woman, he was paying his wife before her thirty four million. Did you get that? So you spent eighty something yeah. million dollars in two in two marriages. Phil Collins did, right? Uh, that's that's a lot of money. Uh, James Cameron and Linda Hamilton fifty million dollars. Now we're getting into the L.A. marriages. This is where we're getting the right amount of money. And all he did, James Cameron, he gave her the money, half the money from uh, the Titanic. Kelsey Grammer spent 50, 30 million. Kenny Rogers was 60 Okay, I want to get. OK, here we go. Here's the big ones. Steven Jesus. Spielberg and Amy Irving, 100 million dollars. Yeah. Tiger Woods and Ellen uh, Nor, Norgen I don't even know how to say that name 110 million. She got 110 million. Again, if she was asking for 110 million of his billion dollars, I would even say that was reasonable. Uh, Garth Brooks and Sally Maul, 125 million. Neil Diamond, this is back. This is 1995. 150 million Neil Diamond spent on his divorce. But here it gets better. Michael uh, Jordan and uh, and his ex, 168 million. And then we get beggar Mel Gibson and Robin Gibson, 425 million. They were married for 31 years, though. She was there at the beginning. Rupert Murdoch. One point seven billion. Dude, I don't give a fuck if you're birthed with me.
0: If we both if you if you if you if you come out your mother's womb and I come out my mother's womb in the same hospital room, side by side, and the moment we both slipped down to vaginas, we got married. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Do you understand the ability? to change someone's entire life to the point where they never have to worry about a meal again, a roof or a place to sleep
1: again. And their island, they never have to worry about upkeep on their island ever again. Dude, dude. Come on, man. Okay. Come on.
0: If you if you if you if you have the kind of money that can change someone's Existence as a dude, you gotta be able to get pussy on the side.
1: Okay. <clears throat> okay, but listen to this Ruper Murdoch, I just so told you 1.7 million dollars. 17 days after his divorce, he got remarried. Man, he just got money to burn, again Man, I, I just can't even imagine that. And Jeff Bezos, uh, this is the big winner right here. Uh McKenzie Bezos, 38 billion dollars. Come on, man. She was with him, though, from nothing to nothing. From, from, they were together 25 years, man. And she was there when he was just working out of the garage.
0: I, 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 I keep hearing people make that argument. Even a lot of dudes. Even a lot of dudes. Because you would expect women to, well, she was there from the beginning, she helped him. But there are a lot of dudes who say that. I don't give a fuck. It's the principle that's outrageous. That's outrageous. Just that is a just because. Just because. I mean more than a just because. I mean you have done something. You have you have really contributed to what this is. Without your contribution, this doesn't exist.
1: Well, but what does that say about you as a person too, though? That. If I was Bezos and I look at my wife and I go, I'd rather give you $38 billion than to ever have to fuck you again. Damn, he got good options, man. (laughs) He got options,
0: dude.
1: (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful options. I'd rather give you, hey, listen, you've been with me for 25 years. I know this isn't the way we wanted it to go, but... We both have lives that look uh, looking up for both of us. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to give you thirty eight billion dollars, so I can go fuck all this shit over here. You do what you need to do.
0: Let's 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 rack that down of this. What? So you mean to tell me if he said how long they been together? Thirty eight years? Twenty five years? Twenty five years. All right. Boom. A million dollars for every year. Twenty five mil don't make it.
1: Listen, That's still not. If you have, yeah. Uh, yeah, but if you have that kind of money, a mill isn't a lot of money. To be honest, a billion—if she—if he—but I, I would say a billion. If you could say, "Hey, man, I did this. You were here. We 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 kind of worked on this together." I'm going to give you ten billion dollars. So that meant he had another twenty-eight billion on top of whatever. If he, I don't know if he got she got half. I don't know how many billions he's worth. But let's say that he has. That'd still give him seventy billion. I mean, put put it the other way. He has thirty eight billion. She has thirty. Does he suffer because he has thirty eight billion? Is he going to suffer?
0: I I I I would love to just know what that feels like to to just you know if you to give up thirty eight billion and that's just like a fucking a mosquito bite. Yeah, that's that's outrageous.
1: Well, just but think about it this way. Think about seriously. Think about it this way because you live in L.A. Let's say you you have ten million dollars. You're doing okay in L.A. You're ten million dollars. You got a house. You got you know whatever. And you get a divorce, and she gets half. Now you have five million dollars in L.A. That hurts. There is no pain in having thirty-eight million, and she has thirty-eight million. There's no pain in that other than you don't. You're not the richest man in the world anymore. Mm, mm, mm. That's 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 uh, the difference. But uh, I still think that's a lot of money. But if she was there for twenty five years, she did it. That's for something. But Dre's wife, they, how long were they together? Do you know? Uh, I don't. But their business was completely different. She wasn't in the garage. You, you know. You know. We've never seen a reality show
0: where, and and even then, we we question how much of it is reality. Because we know reality shows ain't really based in reality. But I just th- wish there was a way I could see. What's a day in the life of being a Bezos woman? Like, what do you do from sunup to sundown? Because whatever it
1: is you think you have to do, you don't. Did you ever see... Whatever the, it is... You ever see... Whatever the real, it is that's man? Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. You ever see the real lives of Beverly, Beverly Hills? The, the housewives. housewives of Beverly Hills? Yeah, that's kind of yeah. like... That. Once your means
0: fortune is solidified, and the business sustain sustains itself from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed every day, whatever manual labor there is, you ain't doing it.
1: No. The, the other now get the fuck out of here. The man. other thing <laughs> is this, though. Though the reason this season has season even came about is because back in the fifties, sixties, a guy could make a million dollars because a million dollars was a lot of money back then and then divorce his wife and she would have no money. She couldn't even afford to get a home. And that's why these laws came about. I, I got that. We, 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 we covered that. Uh, but now it's the pendulum says swung the other way. If you at a billion dollars, how do you, how do you not say 25% is the right amount of money? I don't know. I, I don't know. This is this. This is a tough. Like, uh, but on the other hand, I agree that Bezos' life isn't going to change if he gives her thirty-eight million. His life isn't going to change.
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Jesus! All right,
1: it's time to do movies. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I just this this, this leaves me in, 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 in such a dude. I watched the thirty for thirty. This magic moment, and uh, it just I feel like Shaq when Shaq was describing how the year before Jordan came back from, when he came, the year he came back from baseball, how they beat them in the playoffs. But this was Jordan number 45. Then he switched back to number 23. He didn't have his basketball legs yet. Then that next year, they get Dennis Rodman. He gets his basketball legs. He has the the workout facility and fucking the Space Jam on Warner Brothers lot. And that year in the playoffs, the Bulls, Swept them. And Shaq is going. After game one, I was like, ugh. After game two, I was like, ugh. Then they beat us game three. I was like, ugh. Then by the time they swept us in game four, I was like, ugh. He goes, I don't understand. We beat them the year before, and then they come back and sweep us. I just I, I don't know what I don't know what to do. That's how I feel, nigga. Like, <laughs> I just I d I don't know what to make of that ridiculousness that, that, that just, it's, I, I, I really, it's justifiable legalized extortion. Yeah. America's, America's got to do better.
1: Well, when you say legalized extortion, the one that I think is funny that I didn't bring up, but I I, I will right now. Cause you said legalized extortion, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. They're still not divorced. They separated in 2016 He reportedly offered her a hundred million dollar settlement. She's a working actress. It's not like she was doing stuff. He she was working and he was working. Right? They weren't at home trying to. I mean, she did have kids, but I mean, they were they were adopted kids. Whatever. A hundred million dollars, but nothing has been finalized. A hundred million dollars isn't enough. This is not about money,
0: but but, I also think, from you know what I've heard and shit. They're kind of teetering back and forth on working it out.
1: Yeah, but and then
0: when you got two people like that who are both juggernauts in the business, you you could you could you could play silly little games like, eh, let's fuck around for eight years and see if we want to do this or not.
1: Yeah, but on the other <laughs> hand, a hundred million dollars, you could just go, okay, if that's really what you want to do. I already make, I make X amount of money every year. You make X amount, and he still has to give up $100 million. I don't understand, I don't understand that. Now, if it was for child support where they agreed on these children, that would be different. This is a $100 million settlement. It's different than child support. All right, All right movies. Movie. movies. <laughs> I was really excited to do these movies because I gave you one movie that I knew you were going to like for sure. And I gave you a movie that I knew you hadn't seen, but I, I deep down, your uh, Brian, uh, who's the, who's the dude you you, see, you do the impression of, Brian uh, Brian Adams. I knew your inner Brian Adams would love this movie.
0: You talk, well, since we're there, let's start with that. Okay. Um, Almost Famous. I wrote him, and I said to myself, you know, I could always depend on Andy to make me do some of the whitest shit in the world, uh, this movie screamed whiteness. Um, this was a, this was a song with, with no drum line, nigga. There was no bass line to this. Uh, there's nothing for me to bob my head. This is one of the whitest movies I've ever seen. It's an Albert John song. The thing. I, but here's the thing. As much as I was not, it was one of those where it was like, 15, 20 minutes in, I'm going, yo, you like this movie? And again, part of me was known. More of me was known. And it was hard for me to keep my eyes open. But towards the end, and this is a testament to great writing. And at the end of the day, a great story is a great story. I ended up liking it. I ended up liking it.
1: Well, it's it's his story. It, it's based on his, on his uh, first story that he did for uh, uh, Rolling Stone magazine for Cam and Crow. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's easier, especially, you know, obviously they embellish and they add things to it. But when you know it's a true story based on someone that you have some, obviously you have knowledge of, it's easier to get a little bit more behind it. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that was a real story. Yeah, that's his story. Cameron Crowe's story? Yeah. So the boy was Cameron Crowe?
0: Yeah. Oh. I got to tell you, man, and and, and again, I know I mentioned this on the podcast. Cameron Crowe has to be one of the biggest mysteries in Hollywood. Like, I don't understand a guy who's that good at what he does that just bails out, pulls a Barry Sanders. Because Cameron Crowe is really good at human emotion. Touching human emotion, making it relatable, connecting the dots—just shit about being a human being. He's really fucking good at. Here's what sold me on the movie: towards the end, when they had that great scene where they thought the plane was gonna crash, and they all had like kind of like the the confessionals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and they and they basically said, what probably some of them already knew." Or suspected, you know, and and, and they finally admitted that, uh, what's my girl's name? She called herself the band-aid. Uh, but she was really the groupie. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson's character. Yeah. And she was really the groupie. And and like at least three of the band members had slept with her. And then the, the kid that was the writer admits that, you know, hey, man, y'all say y'all do shit for the fans. She was a real fan. Y'all didn't love her. You used her. I loved her. Right. And then, you know, the drummer admits that he was gay, and the lead singer admits
1: <laughs> that he hated, dude. And 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 you know that was that was a great fucking moment. No, because it was like it's it's the honesty of, of the relationship that you did. in that moment when you think you're gonna die when you are actually the most honest. And that never happens in real life. That that is not real life we don't we are not honest with each other we never are we 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 we, we try to control our our own environment and narratives and say the right things and they're never honest and and that those are all those those moments i thought it was that's a great scene uh you didn't like the part where he gets so billy corrupt gets so fucked up on uh on whatever he lsd or whatever when he Got on the top. Standing on the rooftop. Yeah, dude. That's the part I thought you would think was great because that reminded me like of a Brian Adams kind of idea of being a rock star.
0: Right. Um, Yeah, it was cool. Um, It it, it took me up into that moment, though, to really invest emotionally in it. Like when he finally said to her the reality that Morocco is never going to happen, and then you cut to her taking a flight to Morocco. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, yeah, it just, it just, it, it really got me in the last
1: fifteen minutes. She, she's based on a real groupie, actually. Also, the Kate Hudson really? character, yeah. Um, you know who I thought did a great job in this movie though was Jason Lee because it's not a huge part, but it's it's important because Jason Lee is the guy who always thought that he was supposed to be the, you know, the the the, the no wait Jason Lee Jason Lee. J, Jason Lee was which guy the lead singer oh okay that's why yeah and he had to underplay his part because we couldn't have him be the the number one and he did a great job at it he played the part exactly how it was supposed to be
0: um speaking of good actors dude you you really don't appreciate until until he's no longer here Philip Se-
1: Seymour Hoffman is outstanding in that movie, and it's a small part. Wow, show. he's outstanding in everything he done. He's ever done. He really is. He really is. And none of the characters. You know, a lot of people get into acting; they play kind of the same, similar character. He changes his characters.
0: And here's what's great about him. And we touched on this with uh, my man. What's his name from Breaking Bad? Plays Walter White.
1: Uh, dude. Can look him up. I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember off the top of my head. Uh,
0: Brian Cranston. yeah, Brian, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said the ability to play a straight man and then also do comedy as good as you play a straight man, it's like being, like i say, ambidextrous, being able to dribble with both hands is just unique. And 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 I and I and I, I remember, I again, I hate to sound like I'm saying the same thing, people, but if I didn't say it on the podcast, which I think I did. I gotta say it again. One of the funniest moments ever that make me laugh my ass off is in uh, *Along Came Polly* when, when when Philip Seymour Hoffman says to Ben Stiller, "Dude, I think I sharted." Yeah, and he goes, and that reaction from Stiller, "What? I, I, I think I sharted. I, I, don't, I don't even know what that is. I, I, I shit and farted at the same. You're the most disgusting human being I've ever seen. <laughs> like, just, dude, someone." So Telling you, this Philip Seymour Hoffman has such a bone for comedy. You could tell, uh, 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 sh- you know, straight work, serious work is his main thing, but his his bone for comedy is so powerful. Another role I really absolutely loved him in, playing the the the, the weird might have been gay dude in Boogie Nights.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely gay curious. Uh, but definitely right. it was a great it was a great part. But going back to uh, the other movie that you just said, uh, what, what, what movie? A Long Polly. Dude, that scene, uh, not that scene especially, but the, the reason I wanted to you, you brought this up and I didn't say this last time you talked about it. You, you know, he's playing a character in that that he was a famous kid actor and right. And he has no heat now. Right. That. He, when I watched that, and I watched it again the second time, I, I really saw how much went into him playing this character of a guy who once was but isn't, and is still trying to. He didn't go over the top with his comedy in that. He didn't try to overplay his funniness. It, it was actually it was funny, but it's depressing when you really when you really break down that character in there. I that, he right. is a genius fucking actor. He really is. Uh, it's too bad. Uh, uh, heroin took him away, but fucking great actor. Damn! Uh, did um, you see Mark Maron was in that?
0: No, that might have been one of the parts I couldn't keep my eyes open.
1: That's where he yells, "Lock the gates!" when they're trying when they, he gets electrocuted. Oh, that's who that was. That's Maron. Lock the gates. Yeah, he's playing the uh, the, the the manager of the venue.
0: I, I didn't even fucking recognize him. I saw that scene. I didn't even fucking recognize him. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a question and I want to try to connect these two moments because this really is something that I'm trying to understand. And to my white listeners, our white listeners, please write in because I really want to understand you guys better. The scene where they feel like they're about to crash, just at the very beginning when those first couple lightning strikes happen and the plane really violently jerks. And I I don't know, I don't remember the the dude's character name, but he he was the guy in the group, who wasn't the lead singer, I think, like, the lead guitarist. But he basically sung a few bars from Peggy Sue. And Peggy Sue was the song by Buddy Holly, who died in a plane crash. right? Um, And then there was a scene early in the movie where the daughter says to the mother, uh, and she's a phenomenal actress, by the way, uh, who's in Fargo, Frances McDormand, yeah. And one of my favorite roles by her was in uh, Mississippi Burning. But she's kind of wanting to get away from her mom. And she said to her mother at one point, fuck you. I really want to know what goes on in the psyche of white folks where y'all either are boldly laughing, death in the face, like it's a joke, or you feel comfortable enough to say to your mother, your parent, who clothes you, feeds you, houses you, and is the sole reason for your existence, fuck you, and and that's okay. Like, what is it with white kids where where, where white parents don't feel that that's a disrespect that's not punishable by death?
1: Well, I would love to have be able to answer that for you, but you're going to have to have people write in because I was definitely afraid of my parents.
0: I knew you were going to say that.
1: Yeah, my dad would kick my ass. My, my grandfather, my step-grandfather, when I was young, and I, 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 I don't think that I meant to say anything disrespectful, but I was always a kid that kind of thought that I was funny and said funny, tried to be funny. And he, he held his hand up to me. And he goes, you know what these are? And he goes, what? I go, what? He goes, they're five fingers. And he goes, count them. One, two, three, four, five. He goes, do you know what <laughs> you don't want from those fingers? And I said, "What?" And he goes, "Me to show you why you don't speak that way." And did he follow it up with a No, he would. He would have. He would have because my my father did. And my father was my father was a disciplinarian. You 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 fucking spoke up. You could be a, you know expect some something some occurrence. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I. I know you said white. I related to the generation. I think this the the last few generations just don't discipline kids.
0: No, 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 no. There, there, we know there's exceptions to all rules. I know there are some white parents that will put the fire in their kids' ass, but for every one of them, there's fifty that won't. Where with black people, it's the reverse. For every one, of, for every uh, one of ours that won't, there are. Fifty who will? That's just part of our culture. I just, I just don't get how you can just go to your mom or your father, fuck you, and you don't think there's something wrong with that,
1: and they don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I, I like again, I don't know. But are you talking about the character who said "fuck you"? Was that Zoe Deschanel? Is that is that who the character? The, the, daughter, the, daughter, the daughter. The daughter. That's Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, dude. I I had such a crush on her after that, um, and she has uh, she has her shows now. She's on. She has a television show. Mm. I, I just those giant eyes. She has big ass eyes.
0: You you, you like that giant eyes and little ass. Uh,
1: <laughs> but even, but
0: even like, and I've been on planes where I've heard other passengers make little jokes during shit like that. And, and again, I'm scared of flying. That to me is when you, you're most humble. I, I just, you know, I want to, I want to understand the psyche of white folks better. I, I, I don't think you just laugh
1: deaf in the face. But what are you going to do? You, you, you made the commitment to being in a plane. You know you're flying thirty thousand feet in the air. If shit goes wrong, what are you going to do? You might as well laugh. What's, what's, your, what's your option? Cry? Yes. Make a quick phone call. No cry your ass off and hope God hears your tears. Man, it's too late at that moment. I I I I get I get laughing at I, I get laughing in the face of, of some danger. Do you ride uh do you ride uh um uh roller coasters and shit like that? Do you go to the amusement Absolutely. Love them. No. Okay, but that is to put fear. You know, you it's it's out of context for you. But an airplane, if you think about it, is not very different than uh, a roller coaster. Um, listening? No, no, I mean, you get in it. Get in it. The expect the expectations are you're going to go up and around and over and under or whatever in the roller, and you're supposed to get scared, and you're going to land. But when you ride in a plane, you, the expectation you want it to be smooth because you don't you you have no control.
0: Statistically, I I would I don't know for a fact but I would think that there's more deaths with airplanes than there are roller coasters. And roller coasters, you're trapped in a harness and a safety device. Worst thing to happen is the roller coaster stop in a certain section of the ride and you held upside down or suspended for a certain amount of uncomfortable time. Uh, But you're still locked into a safety harness.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. There's probably more deaths, but the difference is if if a plane goes down, you know, several hundred people are going to go. If a roller coaster comes off the track, you know, you're going to lose 11 people. That's why I said never want to fly on a plane with not a lot of people on it. Because the, the thing that someone's going to say, if there's only 20 people on the plane, they're just going to go, well, at least it was only 20 people. Um, I think the amount of people is more, but I think it's the same principle. We, we're we getting in something that we have absolutely no control of, and we, we go. Now, I just watched a thing called... Um, did you ever go to Action Park?
0: I never did. I do know Action Park. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, they had a bunch of deaths there. Really? A water park? Yeah, water park. They had drownings. There's a guy who crashed on one of the rides. Yeah. Damn. And people still went. You just assume I was a, you're just assuming it's not gonna happen to you.
0: You know why it happened there, right? Why? Because it was a wet ass park. Cause what? It was a wet ass park. Good <laughs> shot. Bump bump. There you go.
1: That's fucking funny.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that's all I really got on on that movie. Okay, I'm gonna give um, you, I'm gonna give you one last one, thing. One thing. One, okay, go I ahead. I got one last thing too. Okay. Um. Now you said you're 54, right? Were you around? Because if you were, you had to be on the tail end of the era. But I don't even think you're that old. Were you around for that era when it was mandatory that flight attendants be sexy?
1: Kind of, but I, I was right at, right at the end of that because I you sw- were at the end of sexism at the end of on the airlines because I still flew TWA at one time, which was the last of those uh, iconic airlines. Right. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I, it wasn't that prestigious because people used to get dressed up, like you know, people wore suits to get on a plane. And uh, like right. you said, they were all, I, I, at the very end, very, very, very end. So no, I didn't really catch it like that, like where I could enjoy yeah, that.
0: They, yeah, there used to be a time, because when they showed her I, in the movie, she was a flight attendant, and, and and you know, her and her partner were dressed the way they dressed, it was cute. And I remember that one movie, I think it was called Catch Me If You Can, Yeah, with Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. and Tom Hanks. And that was just an era where, yo, it was like, yo, it was... Mandatory. you you had to be sexy you had to be cute now, now all these bitches look like be like it, it just it don't matter no more
1: <laughs> well it's different it, we're in a different air but uh did you like uh did you like the scene where they're on the bus after he gets picked up from jumping off the roof and uh they start singing tiny dancer See
0: that's where the whiteness comes in. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. That, that's there you go. That's, that's when.
1: Okay, so yeah. it, let's let's wrap this up. So as the movie, as almost famous, as your white rating, what, how many? How what do you give it as a white on your white rating on the on your inner white? Brian Adams, what do you give that movie? One to ten mm.
0: on a scale between Bryant Gumbel and Alfonso Ribeiro uh you know damn damn the guy in me that loves a good movie story writing it earned its way to a
1: six and a half okay as a black man I, straight up no. no 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 that's that that's that's a cardi b black
0: man oh, oh it's a black man okay it's a black man uh, it's a, it's a five. To five. Like I wouldn't watch it again. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it again.
1: And, and it's Cardi B's. Uh, dude. That's noob
0: Oh, nigga, that's a. That's a. That's a. Look, you didn't even commit. Uh, neg- that is a negative. That's a negative. That's a negative eight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I give that a negative eight. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I did enjoy the other movie, and you know what? I'm glad I watched it in the order that I did, because I started to watch Almost Famous first, then uh, Mad Men. Was it what was it? Middlemen. Middlemen second, and if I had watched, if I had watched it in that order, I might have got discouraged. Yeah, but I saw Middlemen first. And that second, Middlemen was fucking awesome,
1: dude. That movie, and it, it's nothing. It's not a great. It, it's 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 written because it's also another based on a true story, but it's also uh, it, it's it's a small little blip in in time. But it's pretty recent, and these guys, the the idea that these guys actually changed everything.
0: This I knew it was going to be a good movie when it had a voiceover. I have a theory. Two, I got two theories. Any movie that has a voiceover where the guy is talking during certain scenes, they freeze frame. Great fucking movies. Look at uh, one of the best of good Goodfellas. And then there was Paulie. Paulie didn't have to move for anybody because he didn't have to. Any movie with a voiceover is great. I believe any movie that takes place in the snow is shit. I've never seen a movie, with the exception of Cliffhanger, Fargo, that takes place in this. I, I didn't even see Fargo. That's how much I knew it was a piece of shit. Is Fargo good? Yeah. Nah, that's a that's a white guy's. Yeah. No,
1: no, Fran. You just like you said, Frances McDormand. She's in it. It's a great. It's a good movie. It's just. It's very, when you say white movie, it's, it's Minnesota. Barley Brothers. Yeah, and it's Barley Minis- Brothers, it, and, and it's Minnesota. about people from
0: Minnesota, yeah. It's going to be white. You don't get no whiter than that? No. White people about white people in white snow? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> There's no way, dude. There's no way. And I know that movie is supposed to be one of those, I don't want to use the word artsy, because when I think artsy, I think Woody Allen. So I don't want to use the word artsy, but the Farley brothers, that's one of those, a specific taste. You got to be in a mood for that type of shit, or you got to like that type of shit. And I just,
1: the Farley brothers don't blow me away like that. Dude, I, lo- like, that- I love their movie making, man. Raising Arizona? That was a good one. I like that one. I, I now that I said it, I hope it's a Farley Brothers movie. I believe it is, dude. That movie, I think it is. Yeah, that movie was great. Fargo was really good, but it's a different. But like you just said, you have to be in the mood for it. It's a different flavor. It's not. I, I'm not even going to say it's a white a white person's movie. It's a flavor of certain people because it's 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 different. It is a different kind of movie. It's like
0: escargot, you know. Escargot ain't, ain't like eating fucking you know finger foods at a at a party like. <laughs> like fucking little mini hot dogs wrapped right. with, with croissants, nigga. that's specific. Um but I, I, so yeah, the fact that it had a voiceover, I knew it was going to be good. And then look what it's talking about. Mob shit, drug shit, illegal shit. Again, man food.
1: Yeah. It's man food. Dude, the mob, the Russian mob, the uh every and 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 the dude uh what's 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 the uh, wills Ed Wilson? Is it Ed? Ed? The, the, the Luke, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Sorry, dude. He plays such a cool character in that. Man, yeah, man. To ride the edge of everything and try to yes, yes. And, you, and listen, the
0: cast alone—him, uh, my man, Sonny Corleone. Uh, what was the real name? I'm getting like you now, motherfucking. I'm, oh my I'm put, god! I'm
1: putting into my. I'm putting into my system here. I'll, I'll have it in a second.
0: Oh, my God, it's killing me now. Sonny Corleone, James Kahn.
1: Yeah. James Kahn. uh, Now,
0: I don't know the one dude, Ribisi, some Ribisi who played one of the the two dummies, the one who was all drugged up and paranoid with the glasses.
1: Giovanni Ribisi. Okay. that's a great cast, man. A solid cast. Luke Wilson, yep. Yep, Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, let's see, James Con, uh, Kevin Pollock is in that movie, which is uh,
0: yeah, Kevin Pollack
1: Yeah, your uh, your boy Terry Crews, Terry Crews.
0: Hey man, them, them them fucking them Russian mobsters don't fuck around. No, like they they don't. At least the Italians got rules. Well, no women, no kids.
1: Yeah, because the Italians was still based on family that rush shit that's so not based on anything except the the outcome but that movie oh. that movie okay just so people know what it's about it's about actually the guys that came up with the way to charge you to watch porn on the internet is what the movie is really about but the characters are so unique and the way the movie is written and how it comes together is what makes the movie worth watching
0: uh, hold on a second Come here. This is my son. I love you. Happy fourth birthday to you. If you don't blow out all the candles, I slit your fucking throat. Like, Jesus, them Russians don't fuck around. I do it to the audience that don't know. I do a little thing now. I haven't really turned it into a full-blown bit, but I just talk about how mean Russians are and how fucking they celebrate the wrong shit. Just picture five Russian guys having a toast. Hey, we're going to toast. What do we toast to? We to yay! It just <laughs> has a darkness to Russians, man. It's cold, a fucking time darkness. In, cold, time. cold, man. That's that's what I'm saying. There Shit you go. in the snow is miserable.
1: <laughs> Kelsey, do you do you know Kelsey Grammer by any chance? Just being in this business as long as you have, I don't, but I'm glad you met Kelsey Grammer. Was as small as the part was. I love that scene
0: how fucking Luke Wilson flipped it on him.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Oh, that was great.
1: Dude, the Luke Wilson's character, and if this guy really exists, and it's not a compilation of a bunch of different guys, because you know these movies based on a true story could be like five different guys, and they make them into one person. But right, that if that character is one guy, that is one smooth motherfucker, man. He really was the way he kept his shit together and just oh na- yeah, yeah, navigated the whole way through that. But that is amazing, and at, what I don't understand is that that's the only guy that's been able to figure out how to do this. Charge card thing?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, man, it was like, you know, how do you describe them as them two dudes was basically idiots, but you know, accidentally but purposely walked the, themselves into a fortune.
1: But didn't even know that they had a fortune. It, without that, without uh Luke Wilson's character, they wouldn't realize what they had. They were well no, they, they realized what they had, but like he said. They didn't know how to run the business. business. Yeah, they didn't know how to make it a business. They knew how to They knew they had something, they just didn't know how to make it a business. You're right. Wow. But that movie um you know, it's hard to describe that movie because there's not like these elaborate scenes. It's it's a story and they, it, this is definitely a movie worth watching, man. I love I love that movie. And it's, it's Oh yeah, no it it was a movie that had me
0: doing
1: the oh shit. I wonder what's happening
0: next. Yo lord. <laughs> It it was, it was, it was some shit. I liked it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The relationship with, with the porn star where he finally he left his wife and got with the porn star. And again, the rush, that's what I'm saying. He he changed him. He was a family man. He was all about being happily married, his family, but then he got a taste, private jets, the cars, the money, and when all that comes to new sets, new, new, new pieces of pussy. And he got caught up. That's, and he even said in the movie something about once you start making this kind of money, you can't walk away from that. It's too intoxicating.
1: Yeah, but. That's what I'm telling you, man. I know it changes you. It changes you, but in the end, who do you realize he was? I wonder how much of that had to do
0: with movie shit, though. I don't know. Was that just some movie shit to put a nice bow on it?
1: Because it's a it's a hell of a touch that he goes back to his wife and the kids because and the because, kids because that's who I mean. Uh, listen, <sighs> the, the young, unbelievable, sexy women that will do anything for you is is intoxicating. Like you said, it's intoxicating, but. Is that person that person going to be there for you through everything like the
0: Let me ask you this. I noticed that when he saw her at the party getting groped by those two dudes, had that moment not happened, does he still pack her bags and leave her? Because I think that's what prompted him to go. Nah, that's safe for me. Look, Look at her. That's my woman.
1: Yeah, that that was that was the part where he saw that this isn't this isn't a long haul. This isn't the person that's going to ride or die. This is, man. That, that, this is it, it's a good good men are hard. Like women's always say good uh, men are hard to find, but good women that's going to be there for you they're hard to keep. They're hard to find. They're hard to take. I mean, it, it's I think people in general, just people that are going to be there for someone, it's such a unique thing that if you find that. No matter what comes along afterwards, and no matter like all the all, all the the special effects and the amazing stuff that goes with that, and someone who's going to be there for you—that's such a rare thing. Remember in
0: the movie Bronx Tale when Sonny told uh, uh, his Robert De Niro's son's character C, yeah, to test to, to do car test, yeah, F- fellas, don't wait till you get money do it while you're broke or do it while you're at the stage you're at. Shit in the bed. And if she is still there for you and loves you and cleans it up and never has the conversation with you, she's a keeper. Now that is worth Jeff Bezos money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this has got to be one of them long ones that you know been sitting in your intestinal tract for days. <laughs>
1: You know Tom Rhodes? No. The
0: name sounds familiar. He's
1: he's a comedian. He had he had his uh, Mr. Rhodes was his uh, sitcom in the nineties. Dude has has a story that he tells about shit in the bed that is just fucking ridiculously funny. Such a fucking great story, dude. Mm. But you you like you just said you could tell a lot about if if people can accept you at your lowest. Yeah, man.
0: Listen, man your woman holds all your secrets. Your woman knows things about you that other people just don't know. And if they knew it, it might fuck you up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I always think to myself, oh my God, man, if I really need this bitch, what she could say about me. And I mean, I'm sure there's things that she would say that most dudes go, all right, I do that. Yeah, that's that's a guy thing. But then there are certain things that I'm not sure. Like, for instance, like, dude, When I sleep, I sleep naked, completely naked. And I need three pillows, one for my head, a big long one I put in between my legs and one I clutch to my chest. And I sleep on my side. Um, And you know, the girl would be like, nigga, I need separate pillows. And I'm like, why? She goes, cause you put your nuts and your dick on the pillows and you put your head on them same pillows Fuck, like, is my body even different to it, mate? So I'm sitting here like, you know, if, if that was to ever be exposed, first of all, how do you sleep? You sleep naked? Uh, no. Uh, no. You, what you wear, like pajamas and
1: shit? Yeah, with a little tie. Yeah. No, uh, a t shirt and shorts. <laughs> t shirts, my underwear. T shirt and shorts?
0: Yeah. Uh, people usually sleep three ways either on their back, on their side. I'm a side guy. Or on their stomachs. Uh, My boy Ivan, best friend who we've had on the podcast, he does that. I think that's the gayest shit ever. To sleep on your tummy as a dude with your ass exposed (laughs) in (laughs)
1: midair. Because you're not thinking of someone breaking in to your place with your ass exposed. But if they do, your ass is right there for the taking. There's no defense in between your ass being taken. There's no defense. There's no barriers. Dude. I think this is the most narcissistic thing you ever said because people aren't breaking into your house to get your shit. They're breaking into your house to get your ass. (laughs) Dude, Think about that though. If you sleep, how much
0: more vulnerable can you be as a man? First of all, you're on your tummy, which only babies sleep on their stomachs. You're on your tummy, and then your ass is in the air. It's like if and if you're naked and you don't have no drawers on. All he's got to do is peel back the covers. There's no fight. It's just there in the air. When it's the struggle? He <laughs> said you wear drawers. He's got to fight you for the drawers. <laughs> but just on your
1: stomach, with your bare ass in the air, this is the shit. That's crazy. This is the shit that keeps you up at night. nigga. <laughs> the booty is
0: exposed.
1: Uh, I just put an you know what put an extra deadbolt on and sleep any way you want to. That's that's what I would go with. But uh I don't like sleeping on my stomach, side or my back.
0: Yeah, that's normal shit. And like listen, you can take the booty just as easily on my side, but it's different. You got to position yourself different. It's a different struggle. It's not just there. You see know what I'm saying? And if I'm on my back, you got to flip me over. You got to physically flip me over.
1: So what you're saying is you want them to put the most amount of work in to get in it, if yes. you know, the situation that occurs. Yes, you just don't want to go out easy,
0: easy. And if I if I'm naked, which I am, man, you peel back them covers soft, and I'm sleep. There's no there's no defense. There's no protection.
1: <laughs> <sighs> oh. oh, we did Jet Li movies, right? Yeah, we just did. We, yeah, Let me we, see. yeah, we're done. Oh, you didn't rate it, though. What'd you give it? Uh, what's your oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold
0: on, hold on. Uh, the one thing I have to say, and I, the two things I have to say. Uh, to these two dudes, G- Giovanni Ribisi's character and the other one.
1: Uh, I got his name. Because they,
0: they did a tremendous amount of coke. Gabriel, Gabriel um, Machete? Okay. Buck and Wayne. They played Buck and Wayne. Dude, uh, coke and making decisions is a bad idea. (laughs) Never make decisions on Coke.
1: No, never. But, uh, but the thing with Coke is you'll start talking and you'll come up with ideas that you think decisions need to be made. You don't need to make any decisions right then. Stay away. You're right. Stay away from decisions.
0: You know, as as much as I've mentioned on the podcast, That if I didn't have an addictive personality and I knew I wasn't going to die, I would like to at least know what it feels like to have done coke. Watching that movie and watching them makes me never want to do coke.
1: It it makes you, I'm going to be really honest, it makes you feel really good the first few times you do it, but after that, it's just a dirty, it it, it just gets dirty. At one point, at, at one point,
0: one of the dudes said, uh, Do you have the vodka suppositories? That's when you know you are an alcoholic. Yeah. I know I drink, dude, but I'd be damned if I'm going to put a vodka pill in my ass and wait for the dissolving of that to get a buzz.
1: Because it doesn't go through your system. It goes right into your bloodstream. That's why people do it. Do you know how how fucked up you have to be to want to get that fucked up? And do you put that in your own ass, or somebody does it for you? Well, I guess it depends who's around. <laughs> or if you sleep on your tummy. If you sleep on your tummy, and you got. Shit. <laughs> if you ever wake up with a really bad hangover, you might have slept on your tummy,
0: and that's what it was. <laughs> somebody came in at night, passed your deadbolt, and stuffed a vodka suppository in your ass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dude, we're already at an hour thirty. Do you want to do you want to do the two, or do you want to do it? Do you want to save them for next week? No, because we're gonna be in Indianapolis next
0: week, and we can bang out a bunch.
1: Yeah. So let's just give them the hammer. Okay.
0: That's uh, My two, and you don't fucking quit on my two, nigga. No. Um, I had Andy. Oh wait, wait! Rush. You didn't?
1: You didn't rate the other movie? You Got to rate it real quick. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, on a scale of one to ten? Yeah, white dude rating.
0: No, this don't qualify as a race. Okay,
1: okay. This is this this is a man's movie. Okay, Uh, there's only like two black dudes in that whole movie. By the way, it's all right. It was it was it was all right. It was it's Uh, it's eleven years old. So okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, A nine, yo. You liked that much? Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked that much. No, it was a good one. It was a good one. I wasn't trying to give you two to ruin your day. I was giving you one that I thought you might like and one that I knew you were gonna like.
0: Right. All right, good. Okay. okay,
1: let's do it. Now
0: I gave you my two, which is the black version of one of them is the black version of Almost Famous. Uh, <laughs> neither of those two this are the is... black version. <laughs> um
1: which you want version. which one you want to do first? Passenger fifty seven or action jackson? Let's 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 go old school. Let's go back to the eighties. Let's do action, action Jackson.
0: And I looked it up. Dude, I was thirteen years old when this movie came out. It was 1988. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, that was when I started getting my independence, where I could do things and go places without my mother and father chaperoning me. And the reason why I thought, and I said it to myself when I saw Action Jackson in the theaters for the first time, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. And I said, I said it with that same passion and those, that same rhythm. It's like, it's like when you and your boy seeing titties for the first time, live titties, and you went, we saw it. Oh, my God. Dude, I thought, I, and, and because, look, I'm 45 now. So when I look back at that movie now, what a piece of shit. What a hockey piece of shit. But I thought it was so amazing because again, it was my first time away from mom and dad. It was something I did with my best friend, Ish. It was my first time. It was not first time, but nigga, Sharon Stone and Vanity Titties. Yeah, both in one movie. And 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 this is when the suspension of disbelief to me was believable. I believed that a man with his bare fist could smash the front of a windshield. Uh, 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 like he did with the cab, I believe that a man could jump over a cab and do a front flip as it came at him. I believe that shit, man. That movie is so goddamn hacky, man.
1: Uh, yeah, but it, I mean, it was it, it. It was the movie. Movies like that during the eighties were normal. That's the kind of movies they made during the eighties. Yes, and there was all these, all
0: them horrible puns.
1: There was always at least one set of titties in every 80s movie. Yes. This one, there was two sets, which was nice. Uh, yes. I, w- I do want to say that uh, uh, Sharon Stone. I, Gorgeous lady. Yeah, but what's funny, did, when she got famous was uh, obviously that one movie she made where she uncrosses her legs. Big uh, Skin Stain. Yeah.
0: But nah, uh, there was something that, no, no, there was something before that. Yeah, thing. yeah, Total
1: Recall. Total Recall. Yes. Anyway, yes. she got a Playboy uh, deal after doing Total Recall. And she said that she wishes that she could have done that earlier in her career when her titties were really good. And then I saw this, and I forgot she was in it. And then I really? saw her, and then I was, like, so excited to see her, her young titties that she was saying were... They were very firm. They were very young. They were very rambunctious. Would you think of enemies? They were nice.
0: So, if you yeah. had to choose,
1: knowing what I know now, or what do you mean? Why does that
0: play a factor? Well, just
1: just just the way they looked at that moment. I'm more. I lean more towards pink. I'm being honest. I love it. You're all right like that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But I, I'm i not, I wouldn't want either one of those to leave my presence. Got you. <laughs> um, dude, the, 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 the movie cliches. And, and, and
0: listen, we've said this. I get it. The suspension of disbelief. But the movie cliches. How many times we've we seen in a movie where a dude is on his belly riding on a car? And the dude from inside shoots several shots at the roof. It never hits this motherfucker. (laughs) Meanwhile, his body, his torso is smack dab in the middle of the fucking cab. Yeah. And all the shots go around his torso.
1: It's the most ridiculous shit ever. That, like you brought up punch in the window. Even I, I made Tara watch the movie with me while we were watching it the other night. Right. And she didn't say anything the whole time. I told her it was an eighties movie, told her what it was going to be like. And when he punches the window, she went, "Ah," that was the, that was the part where she was like, right. Come on. Like, come on. Get it. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. I'm, 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 I'm living with this movie, but I'm, I can't take that. Yeah. There's these unbelievable parts. I also like, uh, you know, the, I I think we're smarter though, too. I, I think we're just more educated when he, uh, when Craig T. Nelson, uh, gives, uh, Sharon, no, vanity, the injection, right? He doesn't like put it in a vein or he just stabs her in the leg. Just, yeah. Right. But we're, we're smarter than that. Now we know. Let me ask you, let me, let me ask you. Does it have to go in a vein? Like it wouldn't work. It wouldn't do the same thing. I don't think it would, it would take longer. It still, would be absorbed at some point, but it wouldn't get into the bloodstream. Yeah, I think there hmm. would be a problem.
0: I want to go back to the to the like to, to the cab for a second. Have you ever punched the window <clears throat> or tried to?
1: No. Yeah, much that hurts. It, it it it's safety glass. It has to hurt. And this motherfucker,
0: with his bare hand, busted the front windshield like it was nothing. Here's here's the crescendo of ridiculousness. And I know, if Tara watched it with you, she had to go, ugh, during this moment. Remember, this motherfucker drives the sports car in the house <laughs> up two flights of steps, though, and they cut to the car going down the hallway of the house. So this car went up one flight, turned, turned, and drove up another flight, turned, and went down the hallway. Meanwhile, he's doing the whole hot, second gear, hot, which was the selling point for the car as it revved up. The, the voiceover for the car commercial, but this car went hot, hotter, hot. Get the fuck
1: out of here! But they they sold it earlier in the movie, explaining that the car basically can fly. In that in that in the movie, they show the commercial.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to see it as a kid? When I left that
1: theater, me and my boy both went hot. Dude, I'm Hotter. not, not going to lie to you. When I saw Action Jackson when I, I was 23, I'm 10 years older than you, I thought it was a good movie. I liked the movie. <sighs> I thought he, I thought Carl, uh, Carl Weathers was great. And I'm going to say something that's going to sound kind of weird right now. Uh-oh. Dude, he was a good-looking fucking dude. His body...
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, it's, 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 I remember him from Rocky. Yeah, he was in shape. And my dad, my dad, the the fight guy, that's not a boxer's body. He's too cut up. Look at Ali. Right. You have to have muscles that flow. But I looked at Weathers, and I was like, this dude is, but in that movie, he looks great. Yeah, and and, and, and to correct your dad, Evander Holyfield Yeah, has always looked
0: like that. Um, Let's deal with two Negroes who intimidated the shit out of me. Carl Leathers and John Amos. Um, just did it. And, and you know, I sat there and I went, as I was watching the movie last night, I'm like, obviously this movie didn't work because there was never an action Jackson 2. And, and it wasn't like, like parts of it to me felt like a better version of a black exploitation movie. Yes. But then I knew it wasn't because this was a Warner Brothers-backed movie. And and this was produced by Joel Silver, who back in the 80s and 90s was the go-to dude for action movies. Him and Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer.
1: So this was a big fucking deal. Well, and it's also a black director, too, on this movie, by the way, though. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. uh, Let me see if I can find his name on here. But I, I I did notice that when I was watching the. Uh, uh, so I, I think there might be a little bit to that being more of a black film, but I think they were looking for a vehicle for Carl Weathers. He, the dude was good. Look- I didn't realize that he was that good looking of a dude, that he he had this, this stage this presence on on camera. But then I wonder why it didn't work. Was it because it was cheesy? Yeah. Was it because of the hot, hotter and the hottest? It was because of that. And I think also I gotta be honest, Craig T. Nelson did not he didn't play a great character. Did he you didn't like that? No, maybe because I just see him as coach now. I can't see <laughs> him. But, but he wasn't doing coach then. No, but I'm talking about I liked the movie then. When I watched it now, it didn't feel the same way. And then in the movie to have Vanity at the time and Sharon Stone, uh, did you notice that that uh, Thompson F Wilson is one of the cops in that? Not a cop, yeah, yeah, he's the Biff. yeah, Biff, yeah, yeah, Biff,
0: honey, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And Bill Duke, the black dude that did uh, that was, another intimidating nigga. Yeah, he was the he was in American Gigolo. He was he was the pimp, one of the pimps in American Gigolo.
0: I never saw American Gigolo but he was in car
1: wash. Yeah. Dude, um I've seen I seen you you need to you need to watch a few more white movies. I watch a lot of black movies. You aren't in you you haven't crossed over enough to do this comparison. I at least crossed over. You know over what lines.
0: because wait wait American Gigolo that was 70s, wasn't it?
1: Uh early 80s. Early That's uh Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Uh yeah, anything In the 70s, I'm I'm more early 80s. Early 80s, yeah. Okay, I'll give you Um, that. Yeah, because, dude, I'm sitting here. Listen, we
0: all know back in the days, the three big action boys were Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and Willis. Yeah. The three white boys held it down. Then later on in the 90s came Seagal and Van Damme. Yeah. Other than Wesley Snipes. We had no black action heroes. Which is why to your point, it would have been great for Carl Weathers to be that dude. Yeah. But I but I think that the bombing of Action Jackson, and I think to some degree, he was tight cast as Apollo Creed. Yeah, I can see that. I think that's what killed his chances. Because you're right, he was built in shape,
1: he looked good, he sold the action. But America wasn't buying the product, it's it's basically if you watch Axon Jackson, you could almost insert. uh You just did, we, you do the impression of him all the time. Uh The right the ow, ow that dude uh, Arnold yeah you could insert Arnold Schwarzenegger into that. That's that that character. Height. the Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was '80s. I don't know why it didn't work because he, he it it should have it should have done better. But oh, by the way, also, know, I, 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 watching Schwarzenegger
0: movies, Stallone and Willis in the '80s, all of their movies felt better than Action Jackson. Well, there it was w- some about Action Jackson to me. Again, at, at thirteen, it was. heavy. Now I'm like, this don't stand the test of time.
1: Maybe it was just because it is cornier. It is a little cornier. Yeah. But did you also notice that uh there's a character in there? Let's see if I can find him on here. But he was in he's the uh the driver in uh Die Hard, the guy who stays in the limo.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. Or now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in this movie too. Yeah. Dude, there's a lot of people that you know did did work in in this period of time that are in this movie. It's just it didn't get. You're right, but do you think maybe it had something to do that it was a that it was the black lead that you you hadn't had a movie with? You weren't. know
0: what? I, I I think that's part of it too. I don't think America. Listen, that scene, which again, suspension of disbelief is ridiculous. When Carl Lewis, Carl Lewis, when Carl Weathers is chained up. With the chains and he got no shirt on. First of all, why is this nigga greasy? That ain't sweat. He ain't been moving. Why is this nigga shiny and greasy? <laughs> and I'm telling you, I think there's something intimidating to white men about a brolic, well built, chiseled nigga. And the fact that he's shiny makes it worse. Because they see this big brolic nigga like, oh, God. Imagine I'm watching this movie with my wife in the theater. What is she thinking? Look at this nigga. Now imagine all that shine, but put the shine on the (laughs) dick. This shiny, black, slithery python. And I I just think that between him being an Apollo, certain cheesiness of it, him being in shape, ripped, yeah, America went ready. White right male
1: America wasn't ready for that. Okay, I, I can go with that. I'll, I'll go with yeah. that.
0: One. Now it's celebrated a little bit,
1: but back then, no. Nah. So do you want my do you want my rating for it?
0: Not yet. One more thing. Okay. Uh, one last note, because um, I thought that opening sequence was fucking incredible. Uh, the way those killers. Killed that dude. I yeah. thought that opening sequence was absolutely amazing.
1: Um, and, and it looks like it's going to be a different kind of movie with that opening, too. By the way, yes, because it doesn't seem the cheesiness. It doesn't have the cheesiness in that. Except right. do with the except the way that they keep he keeps missing people when he shoots at him. Other than that, it wasn't right. that cheesy. And that dude with the butterfly knife,
0: I just thought that was. I wanted to buy a butterfly knife because of that shit. And <laughs> if I did, I'd have. Cut all five of my fingers, fingers trying to written. do that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, what's your rating?
1: Uh, my teenage self. Well, I wasn't. teen. I was twenty three. My my twenty three self watching it, trying to remember myself as twenty three. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a six. Six. Maybe a seven. Six and a half. do you it, give it now? It, it, it's a four and a half.
0: <laughs> I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that before I read it I want to say uh, dude if being a cop in real life was as cool as the movies I would be a fucking cop this nigga in all of one day broke a cab windshield with his bare head flipped over the cab took Vanity to some sleazy hotel and at one point in the car she goes you want to fuck where does this happen <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm just like, is it because she was a junkie and she didn't have that junkie look like Halle Berry in Jungle Fever? This cleanest, smoothest, baddest junkie I've ever seen. But just out of nowhere, because he rescues her. What
1: the fuck? Well, he didn't just rescue her. She quit cold turkey in that movie. Yes, <laughs> that's her cold turkey. Uh, so what do you yeah. What do you give it? uh yeah I want man. your rating as a teen as a, as that thirteen year old kid oh as as a thirteen i nah, figure that's a ten
0: <laughs> Greatest movie ever made now i'm a, because of the black factor I'm gonna have to give it a five I got all above you I can't let you out <laughs> me with this black man <laughs> it's a five all right uh yeah um and now final movie um of a higher better quality even though some of the same shit passenger 57 Snipes.
1: dude I'm going to tell you this before we even get into it this movie held up better than I thought it did like in my head when you told me to watch this movie it held up a lot better than I thought right right going into it I thought it was going to be like another corny movie because I remember and back then there's a lot of corniness in the movies it was. It was not that movie. It was good. Um, yes, it was. Uh, and Wesley kind of really was.
0: I, I know there's more, but from off the top of my head, like Passage of Fifty Seven, Drop Zone, which I really loved about the parachuting dudes, um, and a lot of. And here's the thing about Wesley: Wesley just couldn't kick that. Get your ass. So Wesley could act, man.
1: He was a real actor. Sugar Hill? Oh, come on. Dude, did you ever see White Men Can't Jump?
0: What kind of silly question is that? Of course. I just
1: want to make sure, because I didn't know if that would be considered what what you would consider that movie. Dude, that was a great... I've seen all of Wesley's movies. Dude, that movie, I thought was a a great movie. I still will watch that when it comes on. Rosie Perez. What did you love about it? I like the friendship of the movie. I like the end. I like the cor- right. I like the cornball. Like the, the Woody Harrelson plays the the cornball kid. You know, just goofy guy, uh, right. and he gets taken. I love the Rosie Perez calls him out. Goes back over to the house. They do, and then the friendship. It, it, it's it's not a story just about bad. It's about friendship, and they actually became friends. I thought it was a cool movie. That movie, and I love the scene at the end is when they say sometimes you when you win you lose, and sometimes when you lose you win and it, there was a lot more truth to these stupid little things that they would say than than people give it credit for so i thought it was i thought it was fun
0: right the, the, the uh, and incidentally i had mentioned this remember when we were talking about shawshank redemption and i said the dude that played the main guard clancy brown yeah he auditioned for south of sunset i can't remember the, the the something pain i think it's pain but the main bad guy passed 57 also auditioned for uh, South of Sunset. And I auditioned with him, too. I think Clancy Brown would have been the better choice. But I like that dude, too. Um, Suspension of disbelief. Boy, I wish life was like the movies. That motherfucker jumped out of a several-story window uh, and landed on his feet like a cat. Not a broken bone or a
1: cut anywhere. (laughs) Dude, when he's hanging off the uh, the front wheel of the plane, and they take off into the air, I actually looked at Tara and goes, "Could anybody survive? Could, could anybody survive that?" And she just shook her head, like I was an idiot for even asking the question.
0: No, I believe somebody could survive. You know, getting in it,
1: St- staying on it though when it's going to take off, not, yeah, getting, blown, not? not getting blown off. No, we're not. I, I I don't know. Could you? Could you really hold on? If you said, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like this movie was a black version
0: of Die Hard, but in the sky.
1: K- kind of. And I got that same impression, too. Bruce Payne was the other guy you're talking about. Yes, yeah, Bruce Tr- Payne. Plays Charles. Yeah. Dude, and uh, it was fun seeing uh, somebody who's disappeared because of uh, – Issues with Tom Sizemore was in there. That's
0: who I was thinking of. I was saying, um, dude, as far as character actors go, like just playing certain bad guys, slimy characters. I don't know who's worse, Tom Sizemore or Gary Busey.
1: Gary Busey's good when he plays the uh, in the Lethal Weapons. He's he's great in that one. That was before he
0: went off the deep end.
1: Yeah. But he,
0: still, when he was still like a respectable well, character actor.
1: You, you know, he uh, he got in a motorcycle accident and it fucked up his brain. Mm, I also know he did, he
0: did drugs.
1: Yeah, but he did get in a motorcycle accident. And he had some brain damage. That's as Man, gotten, he as he's gotten older. As, <clears throat> and it, Elizabeth Hurley is in that movie too, and she does. N- that was the end her? of her career. That was yeah. She's the the British. Oh, yeah. yeah, she. That was the end. I think that was the beginning and end of her her acting career. Well,
0: well, it was the end of her acting career. But marrying or fucking with Hugh Grant was the beginning of her new career.
1: Right. Right. Because she got she got hot. Well, again,
0: after fucking with Hugh Grant,
1: that's only because she wore this Versace dress that she looked incredible in, and she got a lot of press for that. But she she, she was there for a second and she disappeared.
0: She clearly had surgery because
1: I didn't even recognize her. Yeah, that—that's her. She is. Yeah, I'm trying to see if anybody else is in this. That's... So,
0: did you like all that, all that, all that '90s hockey dialogue when she goes to the black flight attendant says to Wesley Snipes, "Tell me you're good at this." Camera zooms in. I'm the best. And then Bruce Payne says to the flight attendant, "Make me a drink." She goes, "What would you like? Anything wet?" does any of that shit fly in the 90 fly now
1: uh no oh you know what i might have fucked up i think that uh that might have not been a black director on uh on on the other film but passenger 57 is a black director
0: it's Ke- so it was a white director on on Action Jackson.
1: Yeah, I think it is. I think I got my shit mixed, messed up. It's uh, Kevin. That's Hooks. why that, that's, that's why that movie wasn't It's Ke- Kevin Hooks is the is the director in this one. Okay, listen. The fact that the name
0: the movie rhymed Action Jackson. Jackson.
1: Okay. That's that's, that's the
0: black exploitation part of it.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. It has that. It has that feel to it. It does. It definitely did. Um, I, I the reason I kind of like this movie too, and. When we bring up Action Jackson, like the 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 fight scenes, the 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 karate, the uh, the martial arts, Wesley Snipes knows what he's doing. It looks right. In yeah, um, you know,
0: but you, but you but you know he's a he's a real black belt. Yeah, like he's a real bona fide fighter.
1: But in Passenger Fifty, I mean in um, in Action Jackson, that shit looked corny. Yeah, this. Oh,
0: you know, whoa, whoa. In comparison to Wesley?
1: Yeah. Yes. yes. But like you said, he looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, but Craig T. Nelson didn't. I didn't think Craig T. Nelson didn't scream, I'm a martial artist and it was going to destroy. And then when he puts the gun down, that, that, that whole cornball scene. So you, you didn't like the scene where he, was, he fucked up his Asian instructor and broke his arm? No. Mm. No, just the whole way it was done seems I mean they're they're are they're, they're setting up the end, but anyway, going back to the better movie. Uh <laughs>
0: I got a question for you. Yeah. I hope you answer this correctly. You ever play Roulette? Yeah. Always been on black.
1: You know how cool I thought that lie was? Dude. I remember it, so it must have been kind of cool because I remembered it when we were going to watch it. Uh, Yeah, but okay. And then I have to ask you this. uh, Let me see if I can get her name over here. What was her name? The the, uh, flight attendant that was the... uh, Uh, The black flight attendant? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't even see her on this list here. Um, I I pulled up my IMDb page while I was looking at this. Anyway, I'm going to get this is going to be some hassle for this. Listen, like all the black women at this particular time in the 90s that they put in in movies, they all kind of had a Michael Jackson-esque look to them. Yeah, dog. Listen, listen. Hollywood has always
0: racially fed Negroes to white folks in increments. They can't give them uh, what's the Yvonne Stickney? Who, for y'all who don't know, Yvonne was a comedian, a black female comedian in the '90s. I think she eventually quit comedy, but she Spike Lee used her in, in Jungle Fever. Um, she was in a lot of black shit. Yeah, dark skin, nappy hair, big lip, wide nose. Nah, 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 nah. all all the niggas had to be palatable. White folks, lighter skin, whiter features you know, it's a million, multi million dollar investment in a movie.
1: I gotta see a return. Do you think I, I'm gonna say something that I've heard before, and you tell me if you agree with it. If Wesley Snipes was lighter, do you think he would have been a bigger Hollywood star?
0: No, uh. Because when white folks do accept us, they want the toughest of us. It's why we stand at first, but once they get their feet in the water and get comfortable, give us the roughest nigga you got. <laughs> that's how <hard. laughs> I'm telling you, that's how America works. At first, they <laughs> want nothing to do with us. And then we got to feed y'all uh, us in very light-skinned Michael Jackson safe doses. And once y'all get a taste, you know what? <laughs> I Give me the biggest, blackest, you the nigga you got. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. You uh, scared me. That's what I'm saying. Look at the timeline. Carl Weathers, they wasn't ready. They was ready for Wesley. Okay. Okay, Carl Weathers was the what you call it, the sacrificial lamb to the eventual shit. He had
1: to take the first hit.
0: Without Carl, there's no Wesley.
1: Okay, I, I I honestly didn't even think of it that way. I I just heard people say before that they thought Wesley would be bigger if he uh because he was. And listen, Wesley was big though. He was big, but. when you bring up the action stars that you brought up. Right. He because of who he was, his popularity, his ability is acting, he didn't hit that threshold though. No. But
0: there's always the one. When no matter the white boys dominate a certain field, there's always the one nigga. Let me put it Lizzie like this. You watched the cartoon Charlie Brown, right? Yeah. Who's the one black character? Franklin.
1: Yeah.
0: Wesley was Franklin. Every white community has a Franklin. Now, Snipe, I mean uh, uh, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Willis, they was the boys. Where the nigga at? Franklin Wesley. The one. He wasn't at that level, but he was that one for that time. Just like, like Paul Mooney's joke. Paul Mooney's joke when he goes, uh, "All these white people running out of here when I do my stand-up, like scared little buddy rabbits. You guys are hopping away, like scared little buddy rabbits. But then there's the white folks that stay. We're not scared of you, niggas. We'll stay till the sunrise." <laughs> That's what Wesley was. He was ready. <laughs>
1: It was right, yeah. Just out of curiosity, though, because you watched Charlie Brown, you watched the Peanuts. You said, right? You 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 paid attention. Yeah. Yeah. What what white girl uh, was Franklin hit if he was going to hit one of those white girls? Which one? Which one do you think he he? Which one do you think was?
0: I think her name was Marcy, but then she turned out to be a lesbian. So he said, "Fuck it." And he didn't fuck about it. That was it. Okay.
1: (laughs) 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 I wish there was just, I hope that what we just said, just one racist white dude heard that and it fucked up his day. (laughs) Let me tell you something, man.
0: I had a dude on Instagram, uh, I mean, Facebook Messenger, and I opened up the message and right off the top, he goes, fuck you, you racist, fat bitch. And I said, dog, why such vitriol? Why, why, why are you coming at me like this? Why, what's the problem, my man? Talk to me. So he hit me back and he goes, dude, you know, you're right. I, I came at you wrong. But it's just that I looked at one of your videos and you just come off racist. You know, I didn't like the message behind it. I said, dude, do you have any idea who I am? He goes, no, who are you? I said, nigga, you better Google me. I said, here's the thing. Before you get mad at me and accuse me of being this racist, do me a favor, dog. Subscribe to my podcast and listen from episode one and follow it so you can get a better understanding of who I am. And he goes, dude, I'll do it. And if you're not who I think you are, then I will personally come to one of your shows, drink on me. I said bet. So, if you don't. Know, it happens, but that's, that's white dudes who get shit out of context. They gotta understand us as a whole to see we are doing the most normal, real, honest shit that people should be doing. You gotta do this. We're all running around in circles with no understanding, acting like fucking animals.
1: Uh, it's we're at this place where if we don't start talking and, and put some understanding in it, we're cannibals now. We're, eat, we're, we're devouring ourselves. We're not doing things the same way that we should be doing things right now. But anyway, let's not get on this track. Let's stay where we are because it's. No,
0: but that's what I'm saying because we're pretty much done in terms of wrapping up. That's so why I said, you know, the thing about, you know, when it comes to the black shit, increments, man, your growth. You know, I'm not making this up with trying to be funny. This is how it really is, baby. Yeah. No, this is just, so this is progress. This is progress. It's good.
1: Okay, uh, you want to rate that film? Passenger 57? At the time, 10. Now, hmm, seven and a half, eight. I was going to take some off of it, for a little bit of yeah. I was going to say around a seven, seven and a half. I'm, I'm with you on that. I thought it held up better than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be another one of those ninety cheese ball movies, and it didn't. Right. It, 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 it actually played better. Uh, but before, this, again, I'm, I'm sorry. Before I get a point, but that's why I was saying the thing about Denzel.
0: You know, the fact that he purposely seemed like for most of his movies, his love interests were always darker women, because he knew the play of the psyche of what our women and our people go through, light skin versus dark skin. So for a sexy, leading, A-list guy to go, I'm going to make it so that my fan base, women, especially Black women, feel appreciated, man, that don't do nothing but up your brand.
1: So yeah, that's just, you know, real shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with that, yeah. But I just, I know, I just was remembering as as my youthful self, and I'd see those movies, and I, as I started looking back at them, it, it had a like it had a very contrived, like you're just saying, spoon fed way of hitting America. Right. So you're, I, I agree with you 100. Um, percent Like that scene
0: in Action Jackson, when the dude is about to threaten him by putting a flame torch to him, and then the big fat black dude out of nowhere with the suit comes down and jumps on top of him and then moves the flame to Carl's chain. And in five seconds, the flame broke the chain. And at one point, Wesley grabbed the little gun that shot like fireballs from it and said to the dude before he kills him, Hey, how do you like your ribs? And shoots him in the ribs and blows him up. 13, you know how cool that was? You're like, you're Thank
1: you like your red. Please. It was, it, again, and, and I'm not taking away anything from Wesley on this that he did. All those movies were written with that Schwarzenegger kind of like tagline thing in it. <coughs> they all That
0: was the formula back
1: then. Yeah. You needed your movie pun. Yeah, you needed to walk away with having that that quote that would be talked about on morning radio because it's not Again, like, it's like it's not like today where you are have the internet and you can move your movie that way. You needed that quote so people would repeat right. it and say it.
0: Right, right. It's like if you and I were in a movie, you're the bad guy, and I'm the good guy, and this is our climactic fight scene, and you beat me up, but now I'm whooping your ass, and the last punch. And you're standing up facing me and there's a chair behind you and I uppercut you so hard you fly in the air and you land in the chair sitting down and I hit you pow. Have a seat. (laughs) I'm saying that corny shit. (laughs) But back then (laughs) you in the chair, knock the fuck out. And I just have a seat.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, Imagine if you did that in real life, you would be laughed out of this world.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, before I know we're gonna, we're gonna cut out of here soon, but I want to ask you because uh, someone sent me something just before we started doing the podcast. Did you see any, yeah. anything about this Odell Buck o, o, Odell Beckham? Thing? Odell Beckham? Yeah. Did you see no, it? no. I don't know if you want to talk about it or we want to save it.
0: What's the news?
1: He he likes uh, he likes doo doo, he likes being pooped on. The girls that do this podcast, the ones that said, uh, uh, the ones that slept with, or or, uh, supposedly blew like seven of the Suns players while they were on quarantine. Jesus, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they brought this. uh, They brought another girl on who had uh, who had been with Odell, and he liked these videos of her pooping. And then when they got together. Oh, she said that she didn't. He didn't want her to take a shower. He wanted her to have a little funk to her, and then uh, when they got together, he wanted her to, her to poop on him a little bit. You want to save that for the next one?
0: No, because we don't need to have shit carry over. This is a quick one. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a borderline. I think he into some other shit, dude. I, 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 th- I, per- I personally think he's, 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 he's. Let's put it like this. If he were to get traded, he wouldn't be mad if he got traded to San Francisco.
1: Uh, I'm not even I'm not even gonna touch that. I didn't say that. I know, but I'm not even I just, I just said to that. I think he just he might be an interest, he might be just a dude who has t- different interests.
0: I think him and Cam Newton is deeply undercover.
1: I really do. We'll touch on this next next time because it's going to get too deep, and we're already at two hours. Can you believe they got a black fag
0: in charge over there? A black fag is in charge.
1: Oh, um, I think that needs to be <laughs> cut out, dude. That's going to get us. <laughs> no,
0: oh. leave it. Leave it. I, it's it's comedy, nigga. It. You know what it is. Come after somebody. Come after me. Shit, my career is already in the toilet sitting right next to what Odell Beckham likes.
1: <laughs> um, Aries, why don't you do that song, but have do it in that in the compilation where you have all three of them singing at the same time?
0: All right, folks. Without further ado, as promised, as we get into here, here's the three way segment of Obama, Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: And Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, yeah. Reciting the lyrics to Cardi
0: B's rap. You gotta love that, Cardi B. Half Puerto Rican, half nigga. I love it. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, PBS, the public broadcasting service, is proud to present Barack Obama, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Morgan Freeman reciting Cardi B's rap. Ah, you fucking with some wet-ass pussy. I'm finna fuck it in the mouth for this wet-ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet-ass pussy. I want you to park that Big Mac truck right in this little garage. Make it clean. Make me scream. Out in public, make a scene. Ah, uh, no, I, I don't cook. And I don't clean. But let me tell you, I got this right. Gobble me, swallow me. Drip down the side of me. Quick, jump out before you let you get inside of me. Now get on your boat, hang your coat. Fuck the sweat-ass pussy. He brought the phone just for pictures of the sweat-ass pussy. <laughs> I don't gag and I don't choke. I want you to touch that little ding, thing. that's swaying in the back of my throat. My head game is fire. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, folks, yeah, we'll see you uh same that time. Same that channel next week.
1: Yep. Talk to you. Alright. Can you feel it, baby?